A massive car bomb exploded outside of a large federal building in downtown Oklahoma City, shattering that building, killing children, killing federal employees, military men, and civilians. by the good people at the Podbelly Network. My fellow Americans, we are fortunate to be alive. They need them to protect us from the number one killer in history. Protect us from the Central University. A study on the wise field. 290 study on All right, everybody, welcome to episode one, no, 217. <laughs> Looking at it, think there for a minute. I didn't know. It's pretty early in the morning. We are recording today on the 4th of July weekend. But anyways, welcome to the Art and Jacob Do America podcast. I am your host in the place to be, Mr. Jacob P. Looking tired than a motherfucker if you're watching this on YouTube. Got some bags in my eyes, man. Uh, but anyways, I'm Jacob P. in the place to be. And sitting right across from me is the brown recluse, Mr. Art Trail. Art, say hello to the millions. And millions, what is going on, America? Um, guys, go to cavemancoffee.com. I, dude, I need some coffee. I just realized I didn't have coffee today. Me too, dude. Um, my uh, and the reason why I didn't have coffee is because I didn't have ice cubes, and I like to put ice in my coffee. And um, same thing. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, guys, go to cavemancoffee.com. They have the nitro cold brew if you want. If you want to go extreme, I don't go that extreme, but they got the nitro cold brew. They got the hibiscus tea. They have the decaf if you're like me, even though decaf, I think it has a little bit of caffeine because it just still gave me a little bit of like a little bit of a, a little bit of a push. But uh, guys, they got sweatpants. They got flip flops. They got um, probably contact lenses for some reason. Uh, check it all out. Go to their website. Uh, type in America. They have contact lenses with caffeine in them. So as you put them in, you your it goes straight into your bloodstream. Yeah, it's like so chew, have, like you put it under your lip, and all of a sudden, like it hits your yeah, soul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They also have uh, like acid tablets with caffeine. So you just put it in your tongue, and it goes into your system. But it never leaves your system. So oh, that's be beautiful. Yeah. So uh, guys, go to kmancoffee.com. Check out their entire inventory. Type in America at checkout. Um, you will receive 15% off of your total purchase. Uh, and that 15% goes towards helping this podcast, goes towards helping America, helping promote Caveman Coffee. Tag yourself, tag us, tag them, take a picture of yourself drinking the coffee, drinking the hibiscus tea, wearing the contact lenses. Um, and uh, we appreciate it. They appreciate it. God appreciates it. Yes, and Uncle Sam. So with that said, guys, make sure you check out our other sponsor, guys. The great, the powerful, the flavorful, El Yucateco Hot Sauce. Guys, the kings of flavor since 1968. That is 50-plus years of Flavortown. You know what I mean, Flavortown? I mean, the best hot sauce you will find on any shelf. 
I motherfucking guarantee it, man. I put that in the Constitution if I could. If I was one of the founding fathers or a part of Congress right now, I would guarantee that you will not find a better hot sauce than El Yucateco hot sauce. But just in case you cannot find El Yucateco on your local grocery shelves, let's just say that you know some white nationalists blew up your your favorite spot or whatever, or let's just say they don't carry anything that wasn't made in America. Guys, just go to shopelucateco.com and our promo code DOAMERICA. Do America is one word, and El Yucateco will give you 10% off your entire purchase. And just like Caveman Coffee, they got t-shirts, they got board shorts, they got cornhole, they got flip-flops, they got hammocks. They even got foam fingers that, you know, you can just, you know, just rock out with your your junk out kind of yeah, thing. Uh, they got dad shorts. They got all sorts of badass shit that will, that we could take a logo on it and you buy all that stuff in a promo enter, enter our promo code and just like caveman coffee that helps us as well as helps el yucateco a great company like them but also two guys speaking of great companies make sure you go to the great and powerful nicole smith bosch's website at sucrapparel.com enter promo code art and jacob and she'll also give you 10 percent off and she has some badass t-shirts on there there's like a um like a kitty cat witchcraft shirt that I'm looking at. And I was just like, holy shit. Like she's got some more badass designs on there. So it's almost like she listens to the podcast and is a Patreon and then makes fucking t-shirts based upon what we talk about on the Patreon. So guys support her. So with that said, Art, we are not here to talk about fucking caveman coffee or El Yuteco or even cats that do witchcraft. What are we here to talk about today, Art? Man, we're here to talk about White Pony, man. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> um, guys, we're here to talk about the Oklahoma City bombing. Mm. Man, shit was fun back in the nineties. So, <laughs> I'm. We were talking before we actually started recording this podcast, and you you mentioned that you don't remember the Oklahoma City bombing I do, at I, all. I do remember it. You don't remember it happening though. I. Do remember the day it happened? Okay. So I do remember it. So so you're a liar. I never said I didn't remember. It. Oh, okay. Um, I said Ross didn't remember it. At oh, all. okay. Okay. Shout so, out to yeah. Ross. Shout out to my boy Ross. Happy birthday. Yeah, he didn't remember it at all. He was just like, I don't remember it happening at all. But what I had told him as we were having our conversations was the teacher's class that I was in was Miss Nichols' class, mm-hmm. whose flag hung on our, on our in our cafeteria. Every teacher had their own flag. Hers was Nichols Pickles. Mm-hmm. And That's I part remember, of Johnson Jaguars. <laughs> and I remember uh, she was uh, talking to us about, like, what had just happened and all this stuff. And I remember thinking, like, what? I do not care about this, like, at all. Like, I, what are you talking about? Like, mm-hmm. I, you're talking about... Those are those are white people with white people problems to quote Samuel A. Jackson. <laughs> uh, Art was nine years old, fucking. Um, to quote Samuel A. Jackson, those are white people with white people problems. But um, I remember she had told us like, and then she, I don't know if it was actually might have been the day after because I think the whole Timothy McVeigh and Terry Nichols information came out later on, but she was talking to us about how she was not related to Terry Nichols. <laughs> 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 and I was oh, just wow. like, and I was just like, That's I don't think any of us thought that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that just sounds really sus at this point, right yeah, now. I was like, be... no one was thinking that. By the way, children, this is how you carry the one, like when you're doing long division. And by the way, I am not related to my, Terry Nichols. Just, just so you guys know, Mr. Purdy is not a pedophile, <laughs> uh, regardless of what the internet says. <laughs> 
uh, no one thought that, but now I'll be on the lookout. Huh, now I'm really suspect about now that. Now I hope he doesn't die Now it's on my shot. radar. I don't know. Yeah, all right. But yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I don't know. It, 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 that's the way I remember the day. Like, it's completely different than how I remember 9-11. Like, 9-11, I remember the play-by-play. Oh, yeah. Of, like, waking up, seeing the plane, going to class, and then the second plane hits. This is more like, I remember, like, teachers being freaked out. Like, I remember other people being freaked huh. out and scared. And I don't. Rem- I remember thinking like I don't care. I think Darkwing Duck is on after after school. <laughs> like I'm gonna fucking have like some yogurt and watch Darkwing Duck after. But get my get my gogurt. <laughs> get your Kraft macaroni <laughs> put, put, and cheese, the blue box. Put some fucking pizza rolls in the in the in the oven and eat some of my gogurt. Dude, I hope I get home in enough time to catch the first part of Gargoyles. Yeah, dude, Gargoyles, Darkwing Duck. There, there were some good things happening around that time period. That is true. 95 was a pretty lit year. Yeah, and I just did not care about the Oklahoma City bombing. I didn't even I still have trouble pointing out Oklahoma City in in a map like <laughs> like I mean, I think it's in Oklahoma, it's but in that Oklahoma region, but it's just like it's one of those parts of the world that, you know, not that important. But wow, <laughs> it's Oklahoma. It ain't New York. It ain't California. Um, but uh, you goddamn liberal. But um, yeah, I mean, it's just still. I mean, to explain that as a kid, like here's something you guys should care about. Something tragic happened. I'm not related to, to a murderer. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I remember not caring at all, like, at all. And, like, my buddy Ross, who I was talking to on the phone about this the other day, he didn't remember, like, no one addressed it at school. So he was like, I don't remember that shit at all. Yeah, you know what? And because we all, you, I, and Ross, we all went to the same elementary school. Um, I, I don't remember anything about the Oklahoma City bombing. Um, I don't remember seeing it on TV. The only thing I remember is just, like, every day, like, um, during the nightly news or whatever, right? Like, was it wasn't Lester Holt at that point. I don't know who it was during, you know, 95 or whatever. Probably Tom Brokaw or something like that. Um, I just remember hearing the name over and over, Timothy McVeigh, Timothy McVeigh, Timothy McVeigh, Timothy McVeigh, Timothy McVeigh. And that's all I really knew. And then, like, they would say, the Oklahoma City bombing. And, like, I didn't know anything other than those two. I knew those phrases. And then all the way up into the as an adult, like you learn, like okay, like you know Timothy McVeigh, he blew up a building. But I kind of feel like once like nine eleven happens, like it kind of like becomes a forgotten part of an almost forgotten part of history because yeah. I mean it still exists or whatever, right? But like that's I'm thirty six years old now. That's the only thing like I really knew It's just like hey, there was this like white dude like with a very like he looked like Boom Hauer from fucking King of the Hill, yeah. and he for some reason he blew up fucking a federal building. And I work for the federal government now. And every year, like, you know, at 9.02 a.m. on, you know, April 19th, like, there's supposed to be, like, this moment of silence. It never happens. You know, for, you know, I guess, like, one minute where everybody's supposed to stop what they're doing. uh, Because, you know, hey, like, he blew up a bunch of, you know, federal employees. And one of my offices was actually located in the Oklahoma City Federal Building, uh, the Murrah federal building or whatever right so that that's the only thing i knew so when you pitched it to me i was like thinking like it was going to be like one of those topics um like uh the dc sniper the dc sniper was actually supposed to be an episode we did i won't get canceled i dude there's sometimes i look at the at the topic list and i'm like okay let me look a little nope not doing that because there's some topics that are like either too cut and dry or too fucking boring or too much information that I just don't care about. Yeah, like, and so we were going to do the DC Sniper, and I I think both of us thought, like, oh, wow, this is going to be a really interesting topic. 
And I think we, I did like maybe one day's worth of research. I'm like, yo, there's like really nothing here. It's just yeah. a sad story. Like I'm just not willing to go through that. And that's kind of what I thought like this topic was going to be like. And I was like, well, it happened. Well, I guess we got to cover it or whatever, right? So might as well do it. And once I started digging into like the Oklahoma City bombing, digging into the person who Timothy McVeigh was, I was like, holy fuck, like this is like a very necessary topic that I kind of regret that we haven't covered earlier. But maybe because we're better at what we're doing now, like it's appropriate we do it now. I'm kind of glad we did wait um, just because. So I wanted to cover this topic a couple of episodes ago. I don't remember what episode it was ago, but that's kind of when it like, I was like, well, we should probably bring that up. Um, you talked about how like racism had kind of gone away and now it's come back. And I was like, no, it's always been there. That shit is just, Oh, it's also a race massacre. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That episode. And that was, that was, this was a thing that came into my mind where it was like, no, motherfuckers are doing like some like crazy, like mm-hmm. fucking like, like that all right shit. That shit's just the name changes, but that, but the fucking beast stays the same. And like I remember, even like listening to uh, our buddy, shout out to the Podbelly Network, our buddies over there at Sober King, they cover the same topic, and it's funny because they covered it a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. at least like three years ago. I mean, the world was different. Like, there's like Trump, and then post Trump, you know, like everything. Like they covered it before Trump was in office, and before like white nationalism took over, and like everyone, and like I, I think I think. Brent in that episode, or no, sorry, Brad in that episode brings up how, like, he doesn't view militias as, like, a bad thing. And he's like, oh, they're just protecting the country or something. And I do think, like, fast forward to today, like, you know, you have all these people that invaded the the Capitol building and you have all this shit with, like, the the Proud Boys and all this stuff. And, like, it it definitely, the internet has definitely, like, given it more of a face. Like, you Mm -hmm. can actually, like, talk to people that, that are across the country and have similar views now because of it. Yeah, what was like a fringe, like like two or three person outfit is now like a full fledged like terror group now. Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah, and now and and it's not that it was just two or three people that had those views; it's two or three people that were willing to express those views because that dude that kind of had those ideas but didn't really know who to talk to or felt weird if he brought that shit up at work. Now it's online. Now you can talk about that shit. Now we know there's a meetup here. If you feel mm. like you want to fly a Second Amendment flag on your front yard. <laughs> or an all-black American yeah. flag. Yeah. yeah, it's like, now you can do that shit. And it's just like, because it's not that weird now that the internet's out there. Like, now you can rock a QAnon shirt. Yeah. And, like, not be that weird. And I, I saw a QAnon shirt at fucking Target the other day. I was like, wow. This is, a, this is a fucking Target, not a Walmart. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Take that shit to the ammo department of the Walmart or whatever. But uh, do you want to go ahead and get into the Oklahoma City bombing? For people who don't know yeah, I about mean, this. Here, here's the here's the the overall you know headline here. So Oklahoma, uh, you're probably Googling where that is. Um, it's in Oklahoma. It's like the little panhandle uh, above Texas. Yeah, it's the boring part. It's a hat on Texas. So Google Oklahoma <laughs> City. There's a team. There's a basketball team there. There wasn't one back then, mm. uh, but uh, but yeah, guys. Uh, so in Oklahoma City, it's the Alfred P. Mora Building, the federal building in Oklahoma City. Um, and the day that it happens is Wednesday, April nineteenth, which just makes it weirder. It's just such a like boring day. When and the day itself will come into play later on. But yeah. if you really think about it, it's a forgettable day like any other day. There's actually like this weird sub conspiracy theory tied into the month of april and how like weird things tend to happen in the month of april september as well yeah yeah and i was like that's really weird but like i i kind of went down a little bit of rabbit hole but i was like this almost deserves its own episode yeah but like i was like i don't want to touch this right now but um 
There's a lot of rabbit holes on this episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of things that I just didn't want to dive into because I, I agree. Like we can get lost in this shit for days. But anyways, um, on that day, um, the uh, anti-government extremist Timothy McBain and Terry Nichols. Terry Nichols is more like a subplot character. Mm-hmm. Still, really did help in this in this whole bombing ordeal. And Jacob alluded to it at 902. Uh, they decided to blow up a truck that was parked in front of the, um, what is it called? The Alfred P. Mora building and basically, you know, kill, I think it's uh, 168 people were murdered mm. on that day. Yeah. Um, so that's the overall gist of what we're talking about here. I mean, at this point, you know, this is pre 9 11. Mm-hmm. Like, no one had really seen anything like this. I was too young to care again. Like, you know, I'm more worried about pizza rolls and Darkwing Duck. Darkwing Duck. Um, and so I, I was not really on my radar besides my teacher claiming that she wasn't related to the murder. Um, but I, I similar to Jacob, I just did not, did not really care. And I mean, you were too young to appreciate that now. I mean, you look back on it and it's just like, my heart breaks a little bit because you mentioned 168 people died. Could have been a lot more considering like there, I think the building, um, they said, could at any moment have 550 people in there Uh, but i was looking at other reports like you know capacity you know i mean it could be thousands of people within there because it housed uh 14 different um uh, federal agencies within there i mean you had uh, the de the dea the atf social security administration hud the secret service uh there was a va uh, office in there uh u.s military recruitment and the most heartbreaking one of them all was a daycare, uh, which the truck was um, parked directly under uh, that, you know, all the federal employees, like that's where they would drop off their, you know, children at, which, you know, I wish my fucking agency had that, um, called America's Kids, um, killing 19 children, you know, there as well. So it's super sad. And like one of the most like iconic pictures that you see, it's on the Wikipedia, like whenever you Google this on Google Images, there's like a fireman carrying... A, a child and i think it hits a little bit different like once you become a parent it's like a one-year-old child right same age as my son right now and the caption under it is like a firefighter carrying a dying infant and it's just like whoa and then you get into like the background of like that child and it's like the, the child was pretty much dead like when he was carrying it and it's just like wow like these people were just you know they weren't you know you know extremists or they weren't you know uh agents with the ATF that, you know, were responsible for, you know, what, you know, Timothy McVeigh was angry about, uh, about like Ruby Ridge and Waco and whatnot. Like these were literally like innocent children and innocent, you know, civil employees of the federal government that are just there like, Hey dude, like I got to file this TPS report today. Like I got to hurry up and get to the office, drop the kid off or whatever. And like, Oh, here's a diaper bag or whatever. And then boom, this is this rider moving truck just explodes uh, pretty much blows off like the whole front. I believe it's like a six or seven story building. So it's not a, a small building at all. I mean, it's not like a World Trade Center type of building where it's mm-hmm. like fucking 180 stories higher or whatever, skyscraper, but it's still a pretty fucking big building to house like 14 different federal agencies in it. Like it's a humongous building and it blows the entire front face off and kills all these people. You think about it, just starting their day, you know, they're, they're literal nine to five at nine Oh two fucking detonates the fucking whole fucking bomb. You know, it's fucking sad as shit. Yeah. It's uh, it's, I mean, the whole thing is pretty tragic. Um, uh, 
Yeah, I mean it's it's pretty shitty. Like I, I don't I think one of the reports said that he didn't know that there was a, a, a daycare in it. Um I mean, he's still gonna plan on murdering people to, to begin with, like, you know, like even if they're they're just like fucking like some lady that's like today's my last day i'm gonna retire tomorrow thursday's gonna be wild yeah oh, like it's gonna be thirsty thursday or whatever <laughs> <laughs> and we're yeah, all going out to linda's retirement party and at chewy's like, yeah it's just like damn i guess we didn't make it but um yeah i mean the whole thing is like really really sad i i think we should really dive into why he's doing this and mm-hmm. like why he's so anti-government um and a lot of it, you know, one of the other reason I thought that this was a, a good, good, um, good episode to cover is because it was going to fall on 4th of July. Yeah. And, um, one of the things that I think is like really like underappreciated in this country is, uh, just like the overall mental health of like soldiers once they come back from, from war, mm-hmm. more like scenarios. But even as a child, Timothy McBain was like a small kid. Like he was just a small child. He always wanted to view himself as a hero. Um, he tried try to stand up for other kids in his in his class that got picked on. But he himself was a small kid, and um, you know I think he had that mentality that I'm going to be the fucking Captain America type figure that's going to like you know save the world type of thing. And, yeah, and the thing that kept coming up in like my head, like I mentioned, like with white, you know, the episode we did last week with White Pony, like there's like these like words that just like come into my brain. Uh, this phrase that kept coming to my brain when I was doing research, like everybody's the hero of their own story. And that's what I kept hearing. Like, like every time I would learn more about Timothy McVeigh, it's just like, he really thought like he was doing the right thing. Like he was the hero of this story. Yeah. I mean, that is the, the narcissism that comes with, with being a human. I think that, you know, I mean, the reality is like most humans are pretty narcissistic. Like mm-hmm. we all have, that I mean, nobody escapes that idea that like I'm special. Like people, <laughs> I'm gonna be the person that does this, like X Y Z type of thing. But um, like he really like leaned into that. Once he joins the military, you know his his grandfather was a big part of his life. Taught him how to shoot. Learned to shoot at a very early age. Became really good at it. Mm-hmm. Um, goes into the military and is like pretty decent in the military i believe he was like the top um shooter um for like those gunner uh tanks yeah the uh bradley vehicles bradley vehicles yes and um yeah like that that was like his uh his niche and his other niche was like i guess he got voted like uh most likely to succeed at being like a computer programmer because he was like really into i I believe like he had a commodore 64 that he says like he broke into like a bunch of government agencies with in and like he was, he was really into those things, and those are like like the only two things in life that he was good at. It was guns and computer programming. And like his, the other side of his life, where you mentioned, like his his grandfather, he was close to his grandfather, uh, but he had a bad relationship with his father. He had bad relationships with his mother. I believe his mother took off uh, earlier in his life, and he didn't really see her, you know, since she took off, you know, all the way up until the day he gets executed. Spoiler alert. Um, but like even people were saying, like, yeah, he, he had like all these these emotional problems connecting to people. Like he would seek out relationships with women and he'd always get thwarted out. And like, he just carried a lot of anger towards that. Like he was looking for romantic relationships and there just was none to be had. And he was kind of like an early incel, you know, if you will, we covered, you know, 
on uh, one of our My Bloody Valentine's episodes where it's just like, you know, incels, like where they, they something clicks in their mind and they become super violent. There were some reports that Timothy McVeigh, up until the day he died, died a virgin, you know, and that could fuck until you. Until the day I die. Like he kept singing <laughs> that song. Yep. And there's something to that, though. I mean, we've mentioned it on Patreons where it's just like we both, you know, in, in, in elementary school, you know, we get we thought we were gonna die virgins or whatever because mm. you know we weren't scamming with girls behind a bungalow or whatever, <laughs> right? But that'll make you, you know, as a, a young boy, like make you angry, and then you know, go into your twenties and thirties, like you just that this snowballs into like you know this anger and like some. Psycho- oh man, going into your thirties, dude, you gotta start thinking like big picture at that point. Like if you're a virgin, no, okay, if anyone's listening to this and you're a virgin, you're thirty and you're in your thirties. And it's not a religious choice. And it's not a religious choice. Like, you got to start thinking big picture at that point. Like, fuck all this shit. Like, right now, here's what you got to do. You got to go invest in dog coin. Like, <laughs> you got to, like, fucking get a bunch of tattoos. Like, fuck all that shit. Like, just do weird shit. Start dressing like Conor McGregor. Like, I don't care how fat you are, how skinny, how tall, whatever it is. Start dressing like that, dude. Get an eye tattoo. Get an eye patch. Wear an eye patch for an eye patch. Yeah, wear an iPad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just start doing crazy things. Get a gold grill. I don't care if your teeth are perfect. Get a gold grill. Uh, maybe get some dreadlocks. Just live life to the fullest. Maybe do, don't do do cocaine. Just smoke a lot of marijuana. You're there good you go. there. Yeah, I appreciate uh, that. Protect the Corazon. Um, but, um, <laughs> yeah, you guys just start living life completely different. Whatever you're doing, it isn't working. <laughs> yeah, don't wear a fedora. I will say this. Do everything that Art said, but one thing don't do. Don't wear a fedora. Don't wear a fedora. Yeah, if you're wearing a fedora, take that fedora off. Shave your head. And then grow a beard. Do that. Try that. Oh, I see a lot of fat dudes. You're a fat dude. You're a virgin. I see that that's like a thing with fat dudes. Uh, like they, I don't know if they just lose their hair and grow facial hair. <laughs> but uh, try that. That might work. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God I got all my hair. Uh, but anyways, yeah, that there was, that was kind of like the early life of Timmy the Big Bay. It was just like he was kind of an incel kind of. He's kind of fedora guy. I don't know if he had the fedora guy, but he did look like Boomhauer, <laughs> just like not as slick with the ladies, I guess yeah. you could say, too. Yeah, I mean, the guy looks like, I hate to say it, but he looks like stereotypical, like, country boy. Like, you know, he, like, he uh, grew up, like, in the middle of nowhere. In with, the sticks. Yeah. So he grows up in that lifestyle, right? Becomes very good in the military. Um, so much so that he wants to join the, I think it was the elite, like Green Green Berets unit. Some special forces unit, yeah. Yeah, so he's trying to join this group. And that, that he views this, and I I think once you like break down his life, he, he kind of views this as the end-all, be-all thing. And I hate, this is one of those moments that I, I like to just put a quick pause in. Because like any, nothing in life is the end-all, be-all. But I do see that a lot in people's lives where like, like, what am I good at? Like, what is like, like sometimes you just gotta be like, who, who the fuck cares? Like you, what if you're, what if you suck at everything, but you're like a good, like father or whatever it is. Like, as long as you're cool with that, like as long as you're good at like, I'm, I make people smile and not because I'm funny, just because I'm a lighthearted character kind of thing. Like, like sometimes that's all you gotta be like, who cares if you're not a computer hacker, like Timothy McBain or whatever, like hacked into the Pentagon and stole the UFO files. But, um, like, I feel like he put a lot of that self-pressure on himself to, like, join this Green Beret to make his grandfather grandfather proud. You know, obviously, like, he, he needed an excuse why he was still a virgin or whatever. Yeah. I mean, that's more of a secondary story. But, like, he it did seem like this was that breaking point where, like, 
he was gonna make it or make it or break it kind of thing and it really broke him he doesn't make it yeah after the second day like the the word that everyone uses is he washed out and uh one podcast i was listening uh to uh shout out to time suck uh, they he really does like like a fucking four hour like deep dive into you know the whole Timothy McVeigh Oklahoma City bombing, where it's just like he had like some kind of health problem that prevented him like from even like advancing past the second day, and it was like a twenty one day like you know recruitment or whatever yeah. right, so it's just like after to get like washed out by the second day that's like for somebody that's just like got all of his chips he puts all of his chips into like making the special forces and to wash out after the second day it's got to be fucking embarrassing for him and hurtful and not only that like he's at the end of kind of like his military career um i believe he did serve like an operation desert storm uh, he gets promoted to being sergeant um and those are all like the good things i guess you could say quote unquote good things you know to say about him during this time period uh, but there was like a dark underbelly as well with him uh, where people were saying like it's about this is around this time as well. Like he really becomes obsessed with this novel called the Turner Diaries, which I didn't want to do a deep dive on that because, again, there's going to be a lot of top future there's topics. A lot that, of deep dives on this. One. There's going to be a lot of future topics that will probably get spun off from this episode. But like the Turner Diaries is kind of like the Bible for like neo-Nazi fucking, uh, you know, uh, white supremacist fucking uh you know domestic terrorism you know that we have in this country now where it's just like a lot of people take cues from that where it's just like it's just like it's this fiction novel you know about a you know an america that is being overtaken by minorities and then white people become minorities and like they become an endangered species and they have to fight back and i think the book starts off with uh, one of the characters bombing the headquarters, truck bombing, uh, very similar to the Oklahoma City bombing, uh, the FBI headquarters. And, like, this became, like, his Bible at this time. Um, Also, at this time, he gets in trouble with the military for wearing a shirt that says white power because he very much was mad that, you know, some of his, uh, you know, African-American subordinates were wearing black power T-shirts. Like, he didn't, he couldn't distinguish the difference between, like, black power and white power. He got the shirt at a KKK rally. Exactly. So, after he, um, after he doesn't make it, he really starts to blame, like, um, affirmative action and things like that as, like, reasons why he didn't make it. You know, some of that, like, why you fail type of mentality is like starts really like bothering him and um i think that that's why i think this is kind of the turning point like you took someone who was already very frail in his like way of thinking and like i think most humans have a breaking point but i think this was his breaking point where you know he he put so much into this into becoming a green beret and not being able to make it. And now he needs excuses to like why he failed. Mm. And I think that that, that racist element was the like number one thing going to a KKK rally is like no like laughing matter. I feel like once you're at that KKK rally level, you're probably like into some deep shit where it's just like, Oh man, you probably shouldn't be doing this shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I do think that that, that was kind of a, a, a big turning point. And obviously once you're reading like some like alt right propaganda type shit, mm-hmm. like you're, you're, you're in trouble. And, uh, I do think this is also the same time period. He meets, um, Terry Nichols, Terry Nichols. Like yeah. He, they're like in the same like military company as well as a uh, guy, Michael Fortier. Like they're all like kind of like in the same, uh, military, 
unit, I guess you could say. Uh, some people give conflicting information about them all being like in the same basic training, even though like they were at different age ranges. I don't know if that's true or not. But at one point or another, they all were in the military, you know, affiliated with each other. At some yeah. point, they all become buddies. And they're all buddies because they kind of share like the same, you know, racist views. They start to develop like all these like anti-government views as well, which is weird because, you know, you're, here you are, you're serving in the military to protect the government. Basically, that's what you are. You're there to protect the, you know, the country and the government or whatever, but you're anti-government. And I was trying to find the why. Like, why would you... You're you're basically a soldier for this government, right? To serve and protect or whatever, but you're so anti the government. And the only thing I can think of is like, yes, they were in Operation Desert Storm. Uh, so a lot of people were saying that you know he was angry that he was being instructed to execute Iraqi prisoners that were you know surrendering, basically coming out like waving the white flag, saying like, "Hey, I surrender." Like I'm not trying to fight because we fucking demolished the fucking Iraqi fucking uh, military. Uh, during Operation Desert Storm. Uh, but then I would see conflicting reports where it's like he, there would be a, an Iraqi person, a soldier, you know, wanting to surrender. And from like a couple hundred yards away, like he would, you know, on that Bradley vehicle, like he would sniper rifle his head off. Like he would just completely decapitate him and he would brag about that. So I couldn't really find an exact reason why during this time period, he became so anti-government. Uh, but it kind of goes all down the the whole rabbit hole of like, oh, the government's trying to uh, take away all of your guns and that, you know, white people are going to become the minorities of this country. Like, he very yeah. much fell down that rabbit hole. And I don't know what he saw over in Iraq or Kuwait, actually. It would have been in Kuwait um, that made him think that. Um, this is also during the time period in 93, 94, where Bill Clinton becomes president. So maybe some of that had to happen where, like, liberals are all trying. Like, that always comes up. Anytime, like, a Democrat, you know, becomes president, it's like, they're all, they're going to take away your guns, even though Trump took away more gun rights than Obama did. So it's just, like, one of those weird things that maybe that's why, but I cannot find a reason why he was so anti-government all of a sudden. You know, and I think I think that that's a good good point to bring up. Because I think where where America gets in trouble and like most, Amer- I'll just say America because I don't know what's going on in other parts of the country or other mm-hmm. parts of the world, um, but I do think that America has a tough time separating patriotism from nationalism, and I think that that's a very like important thing to define. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you see all those like the I was gonna say the alt boys. What are they called? The proud boys. Proud boys. Like, or like your neighbor that flies a second amendment flag. (laughs) And it's just, it's like, I get it. Like, this is all America. Like you guys are taking uh, American ideologies, but you're only focusing on the things that work for you. The reality is that America is not built on what works for me. It's what works for everyone. It's fuck. It's for the entire country. Correct. And and you're not going to like every part of it. Like there what I like is not what fucking some dude, some like 70-year-old man in Kansas is going to like. Mm. Unfortunately, like we can't both be happy. Like you just have to be able to work together and compromise enough and like unfortunately it's just not sorry like the Bernie Sanders and the OACs are not like, you know, as much as I'd like to put them in power and like let you guys run the country. It's not going to work. It's not going to work cuz there's just as many people that want Trumps and like all these like um, the the dude who's that um, 
Ted Cruz type character. Mm. That guy, uh, that guy. Some people like those guys, and it's like, it, it, unfortunately, it's it's a compromise. It's the United States of America for a reason. We are, you know, like we we are a group of people, and we have to work together and be able to compromise and, and work together for a common goal. And that to me is patriotism. When like you're okay with that, mm. like you are okay with the fact that I don't like these views but like i'll still sit down and like have fucking i'll go have a hot dog with you on fourth of july and understand that or at least just like be able to say like i disagree with you but i respect you kind of thing you know like we 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 should be at that point but uh, it's like one of our favorite teachers growing up you know later on in life said you know miss waddell she goes freedom you know some people get you know freedom freedom isn't free she said (laughs) (laughs) she got her guitar out so freedom no uh but she said people get that confused where like you know Timothy McVeigh and Terry Nichols, they thought freedom was like, I can do absolutely whatever I want and the government cannot tell me what to do. That's absolutely not in the Constitution. Uh, What basically the Constitution says, you're free to do whatever you want as long as it doesn't infringe upon anybody else's freedoms. So when I see people like, you know, Timothy McVeigh or Terry Nichols or Michael Fortier and they have like all these problems like, and I'm a constitutionalist. One thing they they forget is you nailed it on the head. It's not about what you just want to do and everybody else has to conform around what you want to do. It's about like what can I do freely that's not going to have any impact on somebody else. Yeah, my neighbor is allowed to play music, but past 10 o'clock there's a fucking noise ordinance because now you start to infringe upon my right to, you know, pursuit of happiness to be able to sleep at a decent hour. Yeah. You know, that's that you can't just say like you're 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 taking away the government. Those liberals are taking away my freedoms or whatever. Right. There, there, there's a reason why there's law and order. You know, there's a re- there's a reason why Trump <laughs> tear gassed his own people and walked across the street with an upside down Bible yeah. uh, law and order, because, you know, some some freedoms will infringe upon other people's freedoms. And I, to me, like people like to me, they like I, I don't get why they thought that putting gun control into into play was infringing upon there when it's just it's it's there to help oh, I, I think that's what it is i mean i think that they just don't understand the difference between patriotism and nationalism Correct. like i think it all boils down to that i think that those two things are two different things almost completely you can love this country and you can love its values and you can love the second amendment but that that's not patriotism. Like just because you love certain elements of it, that's not patriotism. That doesn't make you more of an American than a guy that hates the Second Amendment. Correct. Because there's also the Thirteenth and Fourteenth Amendment. There's yeah. all sorts of it, other. It amendments. doesn't. It, yeah, that doesn't not make you more of an American if you fly an American flag and you fucking, you know, you wear your like camo clothes or whatever, like <laughs> whatever it is. That doesn't make you more of an American. That's that all just sounds like nationalism. That's what fucking got. Um, uh, Hitler. Hitler, Hitler into power and all these people, Mussolini into power because there was like this rise of nationalism. And we get some of that here too. We were getting that, you know, tr- Trump, Trump basically rode the nationalism wave into like make America great again. And these like weird Reagan type mentalities of like, let's make America white and drug free. And like, there's no more like gays and lesbians and like mm-hmm. black people are all only deliver milk to us on Sundays or whatever. <laughs> like, that's our relationship to black people. Like, yeah. you know, like we're friends with them as long as they just fucking deliver. Do what we want them del- to do. Deliver the meat and deliver the <laughs> the milk. So I'm glad you brought up, you know, that point because what kind of gives them, uh, 
so, so when I said I didn't understand what, why they were so anti-government, there's two things that happen that justify like their anti-government views. One, the first one being uh, a future topic that we will cover, uh, Ruby Ridge, uh, where yeah. you have this gentleman who um, is supposed to go to court for illegal weapons, right? Like the, the, this whole like Second Amendment um, obsession where I can buy whatever guns I want. I can have a bazooka. I can have a Bradley vehicle in my front yard if I want to because of the Second Amendment. Do you remember Amendment. when Ruby Ridge happened? I don't. I still don't know everything there is to know about Ruby Ridge, but there's a lot of bleed over with this topic where it's just like the guy was super racist. He was a part of like an, a religious cult, yeah. but he was obsessed with guns. He got in trouble with the federal government. So the ATF, the, the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco and Firearms were, you know, sending him, you know, notices like, Hey, you got to go to court for this because these things are illegal. And he was like, no, I'm protected by the second amendment. And we'll go down that rabbit hole when that ap- the episode comes out or whatever. But uh, long story short, a sniper kills his wife and I believe one of his sons. And there was this big uproar about how the you know the government is you know basically you know going to take over. Uh, we covered um, Jade Helm fifteen. It was a lot of that where it was just like the government is going to take everybody's guns. They're going to put us all in the concentration camps. And th- this was like the fucking event that justified all like those those views. This set Terry Nichols and Timothy McVeigh on fire because they're like, see, this is what we're talking about. That we get this fucking these liberals in an office and now all of a sudden they're they're taking away, you know, poor Ruby Ridge's <laughs> it's not the good person's name is not Ruby Ridge, but uh, I believe his name's like Andy Weaver or something or mm-hmm. uh, Randy Weaver. Andy Kaufman, I think. Yeah, Andy Kaufman. Shout out. Huh. Uh, they're trying to take away his guns and see they murdered his kids and his wife right in front of them and they were innocent or whatever right and what it amounts to it was just like a bad call uh, by you know somebody's supervisor that made that call like one sniper or whatever it wasn't a whole government conspiracy against like you know know, people with you know firearms trying to protect my family Um, and again we'll go down you know the whole Ruby Ridge rabbit hole I don't want to turn this into a three hour fucking podcast talking about six different topics yeah yeah but that gave him, you know, some anger. And then the next one was the Waco incident where, mm-hmm. you know, the Branch Davidians. Were, I really remember this one. Oh, I do too. This is where I knew about CNN because CNN was like 24-hour news coverage. So it was basically like this whole siege that lasted for like, I want to say like a month or I, so. I think that's why I remember it so well. Like, it's funny because I don't remember Oklahoma City happening except for the, my teacher bringing it up and like a weird thing. But I don't really remember it at all. I do remember Ruby Ridge, and I remember and I remember Waco a lot because it was like on TV, like we're we're day fourteen yeah. of Ruby Ridge Panda Watch, <laughs> and it's just like, man, that's crazy. Like I I don't know, and I feel like that that shit, like even the Unabomber, I remember that Unabomber happening more. Like I I remember the Unabomber being like on a current affair and shit. Yeah, being like, oh man, like that's out there. Like that's a weird thing. Like there's a Unabomber. <laughs> like, yeah, I I didn't know what that meant, but it sounded cool. But um, <laughs> you wore a cool hoodie, man. Man, that guy's cool. Um, but I don't remember a lot of coverage to this. But yeah, I think that that's that's what it is. You have those people, and you have those people to this day that still feel like they're infringing on our rights to carry guns, and like I have a I have a right to carry a full fully automatic and do whatever I want because like with with Waco, you had like this religious cult in the middle of nowhere, Texas. They had all these illegal firearms. Never mind that he was also fucking like 11-year-olds and doing like all these fucking pizza gate yeah. shit out there, right? And, you know, the government was going to intervene 
they they the liberal government at that. This is very much like when Janet Reno was like the attorney general and like Bill Clinton. This is under the Bill Clinton regime, right? These liberals were going after pedophiles. <laughs> Imagine that. Uh, they were fucking children and you know carrying fucking uh, you know assault rifles and bazookas and shit. And they had a problem with that because it was just like, nope, I don't care if they're fucking children. They, they can do whatever they want because this is America. And they can carry as many guns they want to protect themselves because the Second Amendment says you can have a well-formed militia. And it's just like, bro, you are misinterpreting the Constitution all the way up and down. Yeah, I mean, I think that, man, you have to put a lot of blame into, like, the NRA and the way the NRA likes to spin things. And people, like, love to follow the NRAs. Like, they march to that beat of that drum. Uh, they are a big player in this whole thing. And they, they point the finger at situations like this as, like, examples to, like, why we should never ban guns because we get ourselves in trouble. And it's just, to me, it's ridiculous. Like, you know, the dude, the dude should have, should have fucking like blue lives mattered up and followed the orders of, of, of exactly. This that's what I, that's the road I was going down to. Cause it's just like, it's funny that when it's again, not to you know play the race card here. I mean, when, when no, white I mean it is a race card. When white people, is, when white people are defying, you know, orders from, you know, law they're enforcement, patriots. they're patriots. I and mean, that's a very much, it's called the Patriot movement. Right. Mm-hmm. But when black people are like saying, nah, man, like, why are you, why are you trying to arrest me for a yeah. quote unquote fake $20 bill? Why is it all of a sudden like, oh, you should have just complied with, with them and you wouldn't have gotten shot? You're a criminal. Well, yeah. You're yeah. thugs. Yeah. yeah. Like to me, it's just like, oh, wow, this is like where the racism comes in. And then you get down to it in a lot of like the, Ruby, the whole Ruby Ridge thing. Like they were racists, you know, and like you see the videos of Ruby Ridge and it's like th- those uh, the people of that community were like, you're a traitor to the white race. It's a, a lot of weird fucking white su- uh, supremacy bullshit around this. And Timothy Gavay was feeding into this. And at this point, like, he's out of the military. He's in, like, that gun gun, uh, gun convention culture or whatever. Like, he's, like, traveling around America. Like, he's selling copies of the Turner Diaries. He's selling, like, anti-government stickers. He actually goes out to Waco, like, he to watch, like, the siege and whatnot. And he's selling stickers. Like, he's selling hats with, like, bullet-ridden like the the ATF logo, like with bullet holes in it and stuff. Like he's very much spreading propaganda. He's actually um, one of the first people to start the whole doxing movement where the sniper that killed the um, Randy Weaver's like wife and uh, son, he like starts handing out flyers with that guy's like personal address and phone number and stuff on it. I didn't know that. And he was like, he, I guess later on, like after the Oklahoma city bombing, like he was like writing letters to him and saying like, hey, like what goes around comes around. Like I'm handing out like these pamphlets with all your personal information, and hopefully somebody assassinates you and whatnot. And I was just like, wow, like it's it's all these like weird fucking parallel universe things where it's just like now like that's frowned upon by like the alt right to like dox and do all this shit. Is it though? I mean, not really. They did invade the Capitol building. Like it, yeah. it's it's not. It, it really isn't. Like it's it's. Well, they say it, but yeah, you know, they don't again, act on it. This is not patriotism. This is nationalism. This is your ideals that work for you, not the ideals that work for the country. Mm-hmm. And that is the big difference because when it's a white person, oh, it's patriotism. We're taking our country back. We're putting Trump back in office. When it's a black person, you should have complied. Yeah. You should have like not put. <laughs> that's a that's a candy bar, and that's worth three dollars, and you should put that back. Like whatever you know, like <laughs> whatever it may be. Like even yeah. even like oh, don't wear hoodies at dark. You can't yeah. wear hoodies in the dark because uh, you're probably a criminal. Like 
Like, it's bullshit. It's bullshit reasons like that. But it's like white people breaking into the Capitol building. Oh, what a bunch of patriots are taking their country back. Like, bullshit. Like, oh, God. I I, I, th- I think that that is the big thing ab- ab- about this country that has, like, gets me, like, fucking riled up when I hear, like, arguments like that. And let's just... And it's 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 sad because it's still going on. I think it's gonna get worse <laughs> as time goes on. I can't even imagine by the time I'm in my fifties what mm-hmm. what life is gonna be like. But man, what a wild what a wild place to live. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, it, it was interesting because like the character of Timothy McVeigh that I saw like in the news during this time period. Again, it was just like some dude that looked like Boomhauer from like King yeah. of the Hill, and like he was just like this guy that just randomly one day like just decided to blow up a, a federal building. But like, no, he had like all of these things that were snowballing. Like he's, he's an incel. Like he failed to make, you know, the special forces. He's racist. He's got these super anti government views. And then he starts to go down this other rabbit hole that the government like microchipped him. And he has like a microchip in his butt. And I'm not saying that for comedic purposes. Like yeah. literally he, he was telling people during this time period that, oh yeah, like there's a microchip in my butt and the government's tracking me uh, with, with, with one G technology or whatever. Yeah. Right. And, um, just about this time too, like where he's st- like, he's so fringe that like a lot of his family members are like, ah, like I don't want you around. He'll get like a job. And he's, you know, I think he like got a job like security and people were saying, like, he got super extra where, like, they started calling him Pancho Villa because, like, he's just <laughs> there to protect, like, you know, the local Kmart, like, front door. But he's showing up with, like, bandoliers with, like, those bullet uh, fucking crosses did, on him and shit. Did I ever tell you about the dude that was the security guard at Sandrini's? <laughs> yeah. And a dude would show up with handcuffs and all these things. They kept telling him, you can't wear that shit, man. Yeah. Like, you're just a bouncer. Like, all you can do is tell people to go away. And if you start getting in trouble, call the police. Yeah. He kept showing up with that shit. Like fucking bear mace and yeah. shit. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and he got like, like I guess he got put in jail because he, he fucking. I remember the day he got let go. Somebody. Like he, uh, um, he, sh- he just showed up with it and they were like, nope, nope, get out, get out. They just, <laughs> I was there. I was just like hanging out there because I knew the person that was taking the money at the door. And like, I remember they just fired. I was like, nope. Nope, we'll just get someone else to do it. Yeah. Oh, dude, it's so funny. But it's weird, though. Like, he had all these things going on for him, and he thinks the government's watching him and whatnot. Like, even, like, one of his employers, they said that, like, he gave him, like, no, like, mailing address or phone number because he was so paranoid that the government was watching him. And maybe they should have because, like, there's all these things, like, adding up to, like, oh, shit, like, this dude's going to do something fucking horrific. And then going back like on his military buddies um michael 48 like he goes to he moves to arizona and the reason why he moves to arizona is because he starts plotting like places in the united states that are least likely to be attacked like in a nuclear like assault so he picks like this like random ass place like in um in arizona where his friend michael uh 48 is living and he like goes to live with him and then they start just feeding off of each other like all this like anti-government shit and it's this it's right here is where he starts like planning like some retaliation against the government. And I believe it's like he first what he wanted to do, like he was just gonna target like individuals. So like that sniper I was talking about, um Juan Horuchis, I wanna say his name is. Um I again we'll cover that, you know, like when we cover Ruby Ridge and whatnot, but he was gonna like assassinate him. He had a plot where he wanted to assassinate, you know, Attorney General Janet Reno. 
who was giving authorization, you know, for the stuff that was going down in Waco. Like he was planning to, you know, just blow up like an ATF building, you know, because that's primarily the agency that was Sounds like he was very anti-ATF. Correct. Yeah. Well, I mean, just the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, you know, and that's who was going after, you know, these people that were taking away my Second Amendment rights. And so he had like all these like these plans and I believe like Michael Fortier, who later like testifies against like uh, McVeigh, he's like, no, we got to do something that's going to inspire people to take more action. You know, basically like the Patriot movement that I was talking about, yeah. that's gonna, it's going to be so big that it's going to inspire other acts of violence against the government. And we're basically going to overthrow the United States government because we're going to have all these militias. Fast forward to, you know, <laughs> January 6, 2021, you know, that are going to overthrow and implement our own new government and shit. And he said that's what he that's what his plan. He says Oklahoma was going to be like this, uh, this point in time that was going to inspire all this other shit that was going to pop off. Here's my thing about militias. I'm not against guns at all. Like, I'm not I'm not trying to get people to, like, turn their guns in or anything like that. I think people, if you own guns and you're responsible with your gun, and you're like, whatever, like, I, I get it. Militia is like whenever, like, that's that's a I'm complete, this is ideology, this is ideology with guns, and it's like, and it's usually very, like, white-leaning. Yeah. And, 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 and if you don't see the problems, like, starting to add up here, then you are the problem. Like I would recommend watching the documentary. It's called Alt Right. It's on Netflix right now. Uh-huh. Uh, July fourth, twenty twenty one. Whenever you're listening to this episode, and it, it it explains that too. Like it goes down that rabbit hole, and it it it's a brilliant documentary because it's not a documentary where it's just like here I'm gonna give like my side of the story and like you know like what the health or whatever. Like it's like I'm gonna be super pro vegan and get just scientists that are pro vegan or whatever. Right? No. It follows, like, the head of, like, all these alt-right movements. And then, like, one of the heads of, not heads, but, like, somebody prominent in the Antifa movement. We're going to follow them around. And then all of a sudden, like, it culminates into Charlottesville, like, the events of Charlottesville. Like, just organically, just it, everything culminates with that. But you get both sides of the story, and you it covers that, like, militias and stuff. And, like, the guy that's, like, with Antifa... Uh, he's like saying like, see the differences is like, we're not here. Like, you know, with like guns and stuff, because we know if we showed up with guns, we get arrested on site, but these guys can show up with like fucking assault rifles and nobody blinks an eye and shit. And it's just, I just sent this thing to my, to my sisters about this, uh, black militant group who is not anti-government, but they showed up, uh, to unite and they all carried guns Mm -hmm. and right away the police showed up they shut down the town they were like this anti-american group showed up here and like you know it really goes to show like if it's white people we don't really address them that way because they're they're white people they got to be pro-america kind of thing you know it's (laughs) it's usually just the blacks that that are anti-american or whatever like it, it's dangerous it, it's dangerous and it, it always and, and i find it scary that people don't see it and address it as such like as being as dangerous as as uh as, as it really is no i agree yeah and it's it's that's why it was such a good topic like with all these like rabbit holes that it's going to spin off to other topics because it's very relevant <laughs> to what's going on today um but then again they this is like where terry nichols comes into the picture 
um, his other buddy from the military and they start planning like, Hey, we need to do something like we need to take action now against like what's going on with Ruby Ridge with Waco, because this, this fucking liberal Bill Clinton is going to ruin this country. It's going to, you know, be fucking social. It's going to be communist is, and, and here's the thing that's important to point out too. Um, that, that time suck podcast pointed out. It's just like, this is, this is an America that's post Soviet union where like the Soviet union collapsed. So you no longer have like this enemy over there in Russia or the USSR. So now like everything gets turned into like, okay, who, who are the commies now? It, oh, it's those, it's the, it's this new democratic president, Bill Clinton that plays saxophone on fucking <laughs> late night TV and shit. Yeah. He's going to take all of our guns away and turn everything into Soviet Russia and shit. So you have a lot of that going on where it's just like, oh shit, like we need to take our country back. We need to make America great again. Yeah. And so that's where they start to formulate their plan. They start looking at, you know, what, th- what they can do to make their statement. Right. And they finally land on Oklahoma city. Mind you, these are people that are living like in Arizona. Uh, Timothy McVeigh at one point was living in New York with his uh, father. Uh, so these people, they're not from Oklahoma city, but they chose this building because like I said earlier in the episode, it housed 14 different federal agencies and the agencies that they really wanted to target was the ATF. And then it was just a bonus that, you know, you had the secret service there, you had the DEA. Uh, there was a very heavy military presence with the VA and the U S military recruitment. So they did know that there was like a fucking, um, a daycare there as well, because it was just very much this, like one of the nation's best federal buildings. You know, like I said, I work for the federal government and like it's just very much our agency's just like in one building and then like the irs down the street like they have their own building so here where we live the federal government is very spread out but in oklahoma city there was all of these agencies housed under one roof and if we're going to make a statement we're going to make it and oh yeah we're going to park this rider truck this rider moving truck right underneath the daycare to fucking pull at the heartstrings so we very much knew that there was children there mm-hmm. and later on like when you know lester holt like interviews him you know from prison timothy mcveigh they asked him like are you sorry that you killed 19 children you know these are little innocent lives and he, and he equated it to star wars he said it's just like the stormtroopers yeah they, they you know they might be quote-unquote innocents or whatever but they were a part of the evil empire and i was doing what was necessary to advance, you know, the Patriot movement. Yeah, that's, he's right. He sold me. He's right. (laughs) Um, No, I mean, even in Star Wars, he's obviously not a big Star Wars fan, but even in Star Wars, um, there's, there's different ways of thinking. And um, you have extremists like Saul Guerrero who are not part of the, of the rebellion. Saul Guerrero, even though he still fights for everything that's right, he is viewed as a terrorist because he he takes actions that are not not like what the Jedi would approve of. They're just extreme things of violence and terrorism, and and sometimes you you have to understand that like you you know one man's freedom fighter is another man's terrorist. Correct. And um and you have to understand like am I that guy? Like what am I? Like and and I think it's important to like ask yourself even even in, in a military sense. Like you might view yourself as Captain America as you're signing up for the to be in the military and go to Afghanistan and do all these things and like shout out to anyone that does it. But the reality is that it's not without flaws. It's not a, it's not a perfect system. You have to kind of question yourself. I think daily, even if you're not in the military, you have to question your morality. Like you're constantly like throwing these like moral challenges and like 
And like going to the military is a big one because you're carrying a fucking gun with you at all time, and you make life and death decisions that that a lot of times haunt people. And like it sounds like Timothy McVeigh never really recovered from that mm-hmm. from that military mindset of like this is a life and death type situation when it really wasn't. Like you, you sh- I still believe that like after someone is released, they should probably spend the next couple of years seeing a counselor. Yeah, uh, just to make sure that they're okay. I think that would save a lot of lives um, and not just like because of things like this, but probably like self-inflicted and like suicide and things like that. Yeah, I agree. Um, we don't, we, we, and, and this is kind of like my part where I shit on like all these conservatives that are like, I'm pro America, I'm pro the troops, but I refuse to give them money to like, cause <laughs> like, I don't want them to be like chicken shit. Like I want the tough guys. I don't if they have mental problems, but the reality is they all come back with mental problems. The, I would say it's so rare. Like, watch for, Dead Presidents if you yeah. if you haven't watched Dead Presidents. You know what's a really good movie is American Sniper. American Sniper is a really good movie because it plays with a lot of those things of of patriotism of like and nationalism, and then you see the results of like things just being forgotten. It's like, oh yeah, this like great American hero was like murdered by this dude dealing with PTSD. He himself was dealing with PTSD and was murdered by another guy trying to do the right thing. It's like. We shouldn't rely on, like, just volunteers to see if they can put a group together to help soldiers dealing with PTSD. It should be a little bigger than that. We should have that in the budget somewhere to uh, not just be able to send these, like, 18-year-old kids to go off to war, but also when they come back as, like, 23-year-old men. They should, we should be able to be able to take care of them, at least in, in their mental health. And not only that, like, to, you know, not to go down this rabbit hole, but it's always, like, are you getting the best and brightest out there? Sometimes it's a lot of foster children, people that are already dealing with mental issues going into the system. When you go through basic training, again, I have a lot of friends that have gone through, you know, the military system and they always go to either extreme right point of view or extreme left point of view. And talking to some of my friends with this topic or whatever, it's, you get, you, you get a different viewpoint on it, but it's always like that whole mental health thing. Like that's the one thing that they can circle back to. It's just like, yeah, you know, I don't feel look at lieutenant dan you know like forrest gump like that's a good example where it's just like you get people like that like just become people that just need help you know and you know they go into it needing help they go to basic training they break you down to build them back in your image and then you just set them back out into society to do what you know work in the oil fields to do what to to you're not setting them back you're not you know tearing them back down and building them back up into a better person they don't turn into steve rogers you know go fight thanos and be this outstanding person they have a lot of shit that they can't deal with so then that's why they they we made this joke about this guy we went to the gym with where it's like he always had this look of like he's looking for that fucking lust of you know that you know only the the taste of blood could quench you know it's just like yeah that's very it's it was a joke, but it was very much true. Like he just looked like he was looking for the next high and the only high he could catch is if he tasted blood again kind of thing. And it's just the same thing with Timmy the McVeigh where like he was bragging about, you know, decapitating an Iraqi, you know, soldier who was, you know, surrendering. And it's just like, he was searching for that next taste of blood. And it was just like (laughs) justifying his anti-government stance by killing 168 people, you know, and injuring over 680 yeah, I mean, I, I just think it's important that um, we don't sweep that under the rug. And, you know, it's 4th of July, so I just feel a little more patriotic. <laughs> um, so I think it's important to bring that up. But, yeah, I mean, these two dudes, t- him and Terry Nichols, finally, you know, you know, obviously we spoiled it at the beginning, but they do get to this point where they are going to blow up this building. 
And then Terry Nichols chickens out at the end. Chickens out at the end. Um, yeah, he decides he's going to stay behind, which at this point I like to start where like some of the conspiracy theories start to kick in. Because although he chickens out, Timothy McBain is seen with another gentleman the the entire time. I believe they stop at a uh, like a quick lube like slash gas station to ask for directions on their way to the Oklahoma City building or the um, the uh, what's it called the borough the the borough building. They stop to ask for directions. He's seen with a dark skinned man, um, John Doe number two. John Doe referenced as John Doe number two. Um, and the funny thing about it is like a lot of the descriptions, you know, when you see the sketches of the descriptions of the two men. The drawing of Timothy McBain looks just like Timothy McBain. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's pretty accurate. The drawing of John, John Doe, Doe number two, who's never identified, doesn't look like any of these guys. Yeah, like, it doesn't look like Terry Nichols. doesn't look like Michael Fortier. doesn't look like any of them, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't look like any of these guys. He looks like a mobster. Yeah, and it's just like, who the fuck is this guy? Um, and I think that's where a lot of the conspiracy theories start to kick in, where it's like, who the fuck is this other dude that, like, was in the, was in the truck with him um, that helped him set this whole thing up? And the reality is, like, sometimes I do think that sometimes memory can just be, like, fucked mm-hmm. up. Maybe there wasn't anyone else in the room. Or maybe it was just another customer in the background because, like, um, maybe two dudes walked in at the same time. Correct. Yeah. Then, you know, they just missed, they thought that that was somebody that was with Timmy McVeigh, but he was just there to buy, like, a, a, a tow hitch at the U Haul place, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, the reality is, like, it is interesting. It is one of those things that I just wanted to bring up because it is one of those. It is one of the things that make you go, huh. And as I said a long time ago, and like the what makes a conspiracy make make makes me interested in a conspiracy are the things that just do not line up, even with like official reports and eyewitness reports. And this is one of them. I do think that, you know, and I'm not giving credence to most of the conspiracies that are out there for the Oklahoma City bombing. I do think that the There's government- a ton, by the way. Oh, yeah. There's so many that it's just like that could be his own separate episode on its own. And I think most of them are bullshit. Yeah, but most I think, of them are. But ones that that do like hmm, that make a little sense is like how fast they were able to catch him. They end up he ends up getting arrested within ninety minutes of you know the Oklahoma City bombing bombing occurring. He gets arrested by like a state trooper because he doesn't have a license plate on his car, um, and he gets taken in because he's carrying an illegal firearm. You know, on his uh, his I guess he's like has like a like a holster like on like his forearm or whatever. He gets taken in and arrested uh, for that, and you know the the FBI. I want to say you know they oh. so happen to you know like within a day or two, like they they're able to you know trace that he's in custody already for something that's totally different, and bring him in relatively quickly. And so a lot of conspiracy theories are surrounded about this. Is it's like oh he was a patsy, like he was a part of MK Ultra. It was he was the fall guy. Like they they brainwashed him into doing this to. To, to, so the liberals could take away our guns or whatever, right? And then once it starts going down that thing. But it does, it is interesting that they did catch him right away. And I do think it was one of those situations. I'm, I was trying to justify it in my head because I was like, yeah, there's a lot of things that go un, unsolved. I mean, for fuck's sakes, like Tupac was killed in an area with the most cameras in the world, but we still don't know for sure, for sure, who killed Tupac, you know? And I think a lot of that has to do with motivation. The police weren't motivated to find the killer of a rap star that for most of his career said, fuck the police. Whereas Timothy McVeigh or whoever blew up the Oklahoma City uh, Murrow building, 
um, that was to this day is still the biggest act of domestic terrorism. You know, up until you know nine eleven, it was the biggest act of terrorism on American soil, but it's domestic terrorism because nine eleven, I don't was not an inside job. It was done by Al Qaeda, but um, you know, all the energy was spent like, oh fuck, we gotta catch these people. These people killed nineteen innocent children, and I think everybody was just on the top of their game. You know, they they. Timothy McVeigh was very sloppy, you know, by, you know, leaving, you know, the license plate off of his car. Uh, he was actually wearing a shirt that was a quote by John Wilkes Booth, who killed Abraham Lincoln. Like, he was wearing a shirt that kind of, like, simplified, like, it was a quote that John Wilkes Booth um, said by one of, uh, I believe it was, like, uh, Caesar's murderers or whatever, like, Julius Caesar's mur- murders or whatever, um, about assassinating Caesar or whatnot. And, like, he was wearing a shirt like that. So he's very much, like, made it easy for them to catch him. He puts the the rider rental truck, he puts it in a fake name. And he also um, checks a room out under his real name. But they're able to catch him because when the truck blew up, one of the rear axles came off. And it had a unique VI VIN number on it. The FBI was able to track that VIN number to a mm-hmm. rental station to that rider place. And the writer people were like, oh, yeah, like he checked out this 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 guy under this fake name, checked out this vehicle on a Tuesday. And we saw him ride down, you know, the interstate, you know, a couple of miles down to this motel. Oh, by the way, he checks out the motel and his real name. And that's how they were able to find him because they ran their database of like if, you know, he was where is where is he at right now? And they found that he they got a hit that he was in custody, like in Kansas somewhere. So he very much made it like very easy for himself to be caught, like just because he was so sloppy with the aftermath of whatever happened. Yeah. So I mean, just the, you, that was a lot of information, but uh, a couple of things that I just wanted to uh, point out. One, one of the other things that people bring up is like, why is was why was there a VIN number on the on the rear axle? They're traditionally not there. I mean, it's on the dashboard usually. Yeah. I mean, they're in multiple places. There's one in your hood. There's one in your engine. There's one in the door panel. On larger vehicles, there are some on, and that is a large vehicle. Yeah. Um, there are some on that you can find on axles. Um, so I just wanted to point that I, I heard that when on Sova King, and I know that was one of the conspiracies that uh, Brad was going down, and it's fairly common. Like, yes, you won't find that on your uh, Toyota Prius or whatever, but on larger vehicles, they do have they do have those because um, and on classic cars too. Like when people always talk about like, oh, do all the numbers match? You know, that's what they're talking about there as well. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if they're doing it on on that much. I mean, the like the vehicle identification number is like I don't know what year it started, but I don't know if it started. The, the classic cars are a little bit weird just because, um, like it's considered it's considered a classic car if you still have the subframe, but so like something like an axle wouldn't really matter as long as the subframe is still yeah. there. Um, but it, I think the subframe might have one. But anyways, um, that's completely different. But um, but uh. Yeah, I mean, on larger vehicles, those are those are done. Even like, you know, today, like, I think not to get all nerdy, but like the Kia, Kia Soul, the Kia Cilantro or whatever, like that one has specific shocks that are just made from this point of this year, from August of this year to this year, this year. <laughs> like, they're so detailed. Like, there's, I mean, it, it, and you can break down. Like, Ford has some that are like that that are just like from this year to this year, like. You have to be able to like know, them. and that's why like every single one of them has like these very detailed VIN numbers. Not all of them have the VIN number, but but some of them are very VIN specific. 
Um, so I just wanted to dispel that one because I heard that one and I was like, I'm putting zero weight into that conspiracy yeah. theory. But one thing I did find really interesting, you brought up Tupac and the amount of cameras and all that stuff. The camera thing is very interesting oh, in, I saw in, this in this. Just because a lot of the cameras that were on that day were either did not capture anything or stopped recording prior, like minutes before yeah, one, this one building Because it affected 300 buildings within the, the area. Uh, one building that did have CCTV footage right at this moment at, you know, 902, uh, there, the tape stops and then it picks back up like a minute later and they asked why. And they said, Oh, conveniently they were switching out the tape. Yeah. I mean, it, it is a little Pentagon-y where like, you oh, know, yeah, the, the, the Pentagon, like, Oh, we, the only footage we have is from down the street at this gas station. And it's like, are you telling me the Pentagon? <laughs> only it footage it exists it's just they're not going to release it i think with this one though it because I, I was hearing like those uh and it is suspicious uh but you got to look at the time at nine o'clock that's usually like when people's days are starting it's like all right dude like here's everything that happened overnight and uh we got to switch out a new tape for the new day starting at nine o'clock and th- maybe they checked in to work a little bit late or maybe they had to set their purse down and, you know, grab a cup of coffee before they switch the tape out. So at nine, that's why you conveniently at like nine Oh one or nine Oh two that this, the tape gets, you know, cut off cause they're switching the tape out. And maybe that's just a happy, an unhappy coincidence, but it is suspect. I will, I will agree. It, it is. That. I mean, that's a pretty big one. That is just like a very, very big red flag that, you know, that, it wasn't just one camera. There were, like, multiple cameras. That's the whole thing about, like, 9-11. Like, there's so much footage of, like, the, the Twin Towers. And obviously because it's in the middle of the city. And, like, none of, of like, the... the even, even of, like, the actual, like, crash of, of the Pentagon. Like, you won't really find, like, civilian footage or anything like that. It's just, like, it happened... And now, like, everybody needs to leave kind of thing. And it also happened on the part of the, the Pentagon that was being under construction. One thing I want to point out, too, like, I'm glad you bring up 9-11, is this is where you – I saw, like, a lot of 9-11-ish theories, too, or it's just like, oh, there must yeah. have been bombs inside because you can't get this kind of destruction from, like, uh, the outside. It would have had to happen from the inside. And then, like, there was pictures of, like, you know, that there was bombs, like, there. Like, they, they were like, this was found, you know, in the rubble of, you know, the Oklahoma City bombing. And then I was, like, doing a little bit of research. And I was like, yeah, of course you're going to find that because it housed the ATF, the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. So they're going to have stuff for evidence mm-hmm. there. They're going to have I, – well, I believe they had, like, training bombs there that, like, wouldn't have detonated. So that, like, they had, like, a very stereotypical, like, 1922 Skidoo-looking bomb where it had, like, the – the alarm bells and like sticks of dynamite or whatever. So that's how they explain that. And I was like, yeah, that's a reasonable explanation. But so, so two things right now, uh, the ATF is one of them, but the other one is they were unexploded bombs attached to pipes. And like the part where they're attached to pipes, like actual pipes to the system, to the actual building frame, where it's just like, that's a little strange. Like you wouldn't want to just like, like I get it, but you would probably build like, Hey, Jim, why do you got this uh, attached to the hot wire pipe right here? Well, just for training purposes. Yeah, it's that's a little bit suspicious. Yeah, like, I agree. you could, yeah, that to me is just like the places that they found them. I thought, I, I think I uh, have it here. One of the unexploded bombs was tied up to one of the gas lines. I, I, when I saw that, I was like, yeah, that's not for ATF training. Like, why are you hooking that up to a gas line? And here's the thing, too, like, um, uh, one podcast brought up, um, 
sorry i forgot your guys's name but um he did make a good point when mentioning this he goes who's to say and i agree with this uh who's to say uh that when timothy mcveigh and uh, michael fortier because michael fortier went with timothy mcveigh to case uh the murrah building before they actually blew it up who's to say that they did go in and do these things you know mcveigh didn't go in as you know because he he was he he had you know, guard his guard card. He could have gone in and said, like, hey, guys, I'm a guard here. You know, I'm here to guard, you know, America's Children Daycare. And then, like, went in, you know, uh, to, a, like, a, a maintenance closet that had, like, that pipe or whatever and attached that bomb later on. Uh, because I, I do believe he did make an appearance there, you know, a week before inside of the building. There is that footage or whatever, right? So who's to say that didn't happen? Tim McVay didn't deny any of that. Yeah. Uh, he's not going to admit to that. And then also, too, another podcast made... Why wouldn't good... he admit to that? What do you mean? Not... Why wouldn't he admit to uh, the bombs? Well, because he, w- he wanted to take as much credit as possible, you know, with uh, the bomb that in the Ryder truck. Like, that was, like, his... Because uh... he had, like, other plans as well, too. Like, he had, like, in case, like, the truck doesn't detonate, like, he, he had, like, a gun that he was going to shoot, like a like a like a bundle of dynamite on it was going to blow up another portion of the building. Like he was going to shoot it and throw it into the building. So he had like all these other like auxiliary plans there too. But the one that actually plan a ended up like happening. So who's to say like, this wasn't plan F, you know, like, you know, the gas line is going to have its own like bomb that I'm going to go in and shoot it with my 45. Um, so who's to say that didn't happen. Uh, it's kind of like, um, like with nine eleven, like when we cover nine eleven. So like, you're saying the reason why he wouldn't take credit for it is because it was another a different plan, like that down that, the line plan. Yeah, it was a down the line plan, but that that bomb was there, but it didn't go off because Plan A went off instead. Because it only blew up the first part of the the, the front yeah, part yeah, of the, the building. Yeah, the front part of the building. And the back part of the building, that's the one that had like you know those weird you know bombs or whatever. Um, Seems like a little bit of a stretch. It just feels like. You already blew it up. You, if you were able to like get into their system to put bombs into it, you might be like, "Yeah," and I put bombs in there too, and you guys didn't do shit about it. Like, it just—it almost seems like you would want to rub it in their noses, and then for him to be like, "Yeah, I did, I did the building, and like I blew it up." Mm-hmm. It—it doesn't really like. I guess I get it, but it's—it doesn't feel like that sturdy. Like it—it it feels flimsy. Like this, I could see why conspiracy theorists would be like, "That's something." Because it feels like something like it's mm-hmm. it's clearly it's clearly not normal. It, it's it, I mean that's all I'm saying to that point where it's like. But I don't think anybody's necessarily denying it. I think though, like the government, because they very much wanted to get there. They wanted to make it as simple as possible. It's kind of like nine eleven, like how I alluded to, like the nine eleven report was very sloppy because they were like, okay, we got to get Osama bin Laden. We got to make this as simple as possible so we can you know, fucking zero dark 30, that motherfucker and like dump them in the Indian ocean and shit. Like we got to make this as clean as possible. Cause once you start to add like other like subplots and nuances, like this is like where it starts to drag out. So like one podcast brought up like, Hey, the government was just trying to make it as simple as possible. Cause I even saw like the theory, like there was multiple people there. It wasn't just Timothy McVeigh and the other two guys chickened out or whatever. Like, no, there was other people there because they found a leg or whatever. They were kind of like ignoring all that because they wanted to get the prosecution and they were trying to make it as clean cut as possible because even like when it came to the date of his like first execution date, like it got delayed because the FBI was like, oh shit, like here's all this other like paperwork and evidence. And it delayed like I believe the execution, like it was supposed to happen in January of 2001, but it didn't end up, ended up happening until June of 2001. 
And that's, that's why, because the longer it went, like the longer the appeals process, well, we got to appeal this thing. And we're just like, Hey, like, we're just like, not going to even address like this other stuff because we want to get our guy. Like, it's so obvious, like that he was one of the guys and like the main head of the snake that like, we're willing to ignore everything else just to get this conviction, just to get this justice or whatever. Yeah, I guess. Um, so, I mean, the other thing that you mentioned, you mentioned the ATF, um, who was not in the building the day that it happened. And I think a lot of people point that as like, that's pretty suspicious that the, no one in the, no one in the office was in that day. Nobody was answering the phones that day. Like everybody was out of the office. I don't really understand what they're would, when people bring up that conspiracy of like what they're alluding to, Uh, the ATF was in on it. Maybe the ATF wanted to get more funding. Like, I don't know if that's what they're, they're alluding to. Like the ATF maybe wanted, and this is the eight. This is this how we're gonna get more funding for the ATF. We'll just blow up the headquarters, and then they have to give us more funding because there's crazy people out there. Um, I don't know. I have no idea. So like that that conspiracy theory is interesting because it is true that they weren't there. Mm. But like I always think that like what was the purpose of it? Like it's not like ATF funding went up super high after this. And not only that, though, you're talking about an agency that where it's like a lot of their people like have boots on the ground. It's not like they're just sitting around waiting for shit to happen. Like, yeah, they have like a, a an office there, but that doesn't mean that necessarily like they're there from nine to five, like the whole like time. It could be that like, oh, you have to touch base here, you know, to drop off some paperwork or evidence. But like, hey, for the most part, like you're driving around, you're you're going to Ruby Ridge, you're going to Waco, you're going to, you know, you know, wherever else to like check on the Proud Boys or whatever and shit. Yeah, I'm actually Googling right now if because I said that their uh, their funding didn't go up, but I'm actually checking to see if that's true. Yeah, I didn't actually dive into that that much. Yeah, that's why we need a producer uh, to fact check this. <laughs> uh, it actually, no, I actually stand corrected. It did go uh, up. The ATF provides multiple individual subsidies up to 90% of the cost of technology devices. Um, so it sounds like a lot of their, what they do is, uh, is like online. <laughs> yeah. But, um, um, yeah, I don't know. I got to do a little more fact checking on it, but at the same time, it, it is interesting. Like that is another one of those things that like, if you don't find that interesting, if you don't find that weird, then like, what the hell are you doing? Cause it, it is interesting. It is weird. Yeah. But I will point out though, too, to like those, those people that want to pivot off of the blame of Timothy McVeigh and put it on the government because there's even a conspiracy that the Clintons were behind it that, you know, cause this happened during Clinton's administration, mm-hmm. um, that, that, that this was, you know, all of their, their doing that the evil Bill Clinton, like it was all his doing. And somebody asked Timothy McVeigh about that, like what they thought about, like, you know, it being an inside job by the government or whatever. And then he said that, like, if somebody was to ask me this outside of this interview, I would spit in their face. Because it was like he was very much like, yeah, like, no, I'm the one I'm the one that did it. Me and my, you know, cohorts or whatever. I, we're the ones that did it, like, because we wanted to spawn a movement against, you know, this tyrannical government. You should take that audio quote and put it as the intro. Yes, I will. I'll try to try to find it on YouTube because YouTube be taking shit down left and right. That's why we don't got a Pizzagate episode on YouTube um, anymore. Yeah, I, I don't know. I find the whole thing really interesting. I think that um, I, I think that when people say that uh, 9-11 was an inside job 
or things like that, a lot of times they don't mean like these people were government agents or that Timothy McBain was an agent. That they let but, it happen, though. But sometimes you let things happen. Like it is proven that Pearl Harbor was a thing that the United States was very well aware of and was very willing to let them um, attack in order for the United States to go in and and go to war because, you know, as a result of Pearl Harbor. Mm. Uh, war is big business. And so... Um, and the United States really needed to prove themselves as a superpower in the world. Um, so I could, you know, yeah, I'm sure he acted He acted, and this was his plan, and he put it all together, and everything was all, like, fine and dandy. But I think that when people point that out, they're, you know, like, they're, they're, I, I think we're, we all have, like, more strings on us than we'd like to believe that we do. Like, we're very, like, tied in, especially now. Like, now it's like you can't fucking make a phone call without the U.S. government knowing about it. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, it's possible. Um, and then it could also be, too, just, like, government negligence. You know, nothing like this had ever happened before. I mean, later on with 9-11, like, they didn't think that would happen. But a lot of people say, too, that, like, it was allowed to happen because, like, whenever you have, like, a transition of power like that, like, you had what, 12 years of pretty much like the Reagan administration, you know, Reagan, you know, from 1980 to 88. And then you have George Bush senior, you know, from, uh, you know, 88 to 92 in there. Like whenever you have like that transfer of power, there's like a lot of like holes because you have a lot of people that are coming out of like their, their positions and you have new people coming in and not a lot of information. That's why they say like when the whole Trump administration, like when he was refusing to, you know, concede to Biden that, you know, he lost, that it was creating all sorts of, um, you know, national security issues, not only because of the storming of the Capitol, but because of, you know, hey, like there's people that, you know, you got to, the incoming administration, they got to get all sorts of uh, security alerts. And if they're not getting that green light to get all that information, it can create national disasters. That's, that's what they were saying, like with 9-11 too, like it was very much in that in between time, of you know the transfer of powers that like people weren't getting all the information that they needed in a proper amount of time to allow that to happen this kind of falls into it even though it happened in 95 and you know clinton comes into power in 93 a lot of clinton's people weren't confirmed like until almost his second administration just because it you know the congress like was very much against like a lot of like his nominations and whatnot um yeah man that's that's I mean, I guess that happens in every, like, every transition of power. I just, I mean, just going back to the, the, um, to the events of the day, I mean, there's just so many, like, little things that were strange about it. But at the same time, I, I go back to other, like, large events that, that, uh, that have occurred. You know, this happened to this administration. 9-11 happened to the following administration. Mm -hmm. Obama dealt with the, the Boston bombings, like, you know, every on the same day too. It yeah. all happened on April nineteenth. Yeah, and uh, April nine. April should probably get its own. Uh, as well as Waco, that the the day that yeah. that went down was April nineteenth as well. Um, yeah, there's this whole that's a whole tone like little conspiracy theory, but just um, those types of things, you know, just seem to happen throughout throughout history, and and then it is one of those things that we just have to like be aware that strange things and violent things like this happen. In society, uh, it's not new. Terrorism isn't new. It just it's feels new in America, I think, because it rarely happens here. But it's happening in other places worldwide, and there's not like big hoopla conspiracy theories online for every single one of those. Um, 
But um, I don't know. I found it really interesting. The reason I really wanted to cover it is because if you look at the rise of like these like fringe groups and militant groups and all these things that are happening, like right, they're yeah. very much happening and they're very much, in my opinion, a problem because they're very racist organizations and like very like extremist organizations. Um, if, if it was all across the board and like, you know, there were like black people, like black militant groups were just as accepted as like these white groups, then I probably wouldn't have an issue with it. And I, I heard, I heard this, the Silver King episode and that's the thing that like really like made me go like, huh, very interesting. Like very interesting that like someone would have this, this like way of thinking, um, so I would actually suggest go listen to that episode. Shout out to Sophie King. They do a great job covering it. Shout out like all the research fucking Dave did. Like Dave, I think on that particular episode is running on like three hours of sleep. <laughs> and so like, yeah, because it is a very dense topic. And I always tell people like they listen to these episodes. Like if you're coming here to write your master's thesis on the fucking Oklahoma city bombing, like, um, I wouldn't advise that this is more or less like a general conversation. We're going to give you some facts, um, I think that's where we're at our best. Um, but it's just more general conversation and like our views on, you know, what's surrounding this topic. Like, you know, there's very much like an alt right. You see, this is like, I mean, this is where y- you get the seeds of what happened, like with the storming of the Capitol, where it's just like, yeah, this happened in 95 and we put him, you know, we, 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 we executed him like one of the first like federal executions since like the seventies in 2001 yeah, we did that, and we thought that that was going to be the end of fucking, you know, these alt-right fucking, you know, militia, anti-government groups or whatever, right? But no, fast forward to 2001, like, you see very much so, like, it's alive and well. To 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 your point where you told me, you're just like, no, it doesn't recede back and then come back. It's always there. It's just, like, just how much attention we give it. And I was looking at that because that very much stuck with me. And, like, there was a... um a policy in place with like, you know, newspapers and uh, news coverage where it's just like, we're not going to cover these groups because we do not want to give them, you know, uh, uh, you know, media coverage because we don't want people joining up in these groups. But like we said in the beginning of this episode, the internet just says, fuck all that. Like, here's a place on the internet where you can, you know, we can all meet up at and share these ideas and allow them to grow. We don't need the media anymore to give it attention. The attention now is online. Yeah, I mean the the internet is um, is a whole new whole new way of uh, patrolling. I mean, I mean it's 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 its own world, right? I mean, we did we did the deep web episode, um, and it shows you all the dark parts of like society, and it's pretty extreme. And the scary part is that you don't have to go that deep into the deep web. You don't have to even go into the deep web. You can go on like. Fox News chat rooms, <laughs> Breitbart. You can go on Facebook. Like Facebook is like pretty fucking conservative. Um, <laughs> Breitbart, yeah. Um, but like a QAnon idea or like a very like fringy like let's invade the Capitol type of idea. Like those are all there on on like Fox and Friends. Like they're not they're not that fringy. They're becoming more and more common. Mainstream. Yeah, they're more mainstream now. And um, it is uh, it does feel a little bit scary that that they're they're that common now. Yeah, but with that said, Art, do you have anything else you want to add to this topic? Happy 4th of July. Shout out to my boy, uh, Ross. Happy birthday. Uh, I think that's all I got. Yeah, so uh, with that said, to put a nice little bow on it, um, Timmy Smith-Gay does get executed June 11, 2001. 
Terry Nichols, his friend, is serving consecutive life sentences in prison. And Michael Fortier, for testifying against both of them, got 12 years in prison, uh, immunity for his wife, but got out within seven years for good behavior. And he is now in the witness protection program. We didn't, we didn't really talk about, is it Randy Weaver, the the guy that like was in San Diego when this whole thing happened and the the FBI flew him to Oklahoma and he like died in FBI custody. That's another one of those things that's like really like Randy Weaver was the Ruby Ridge guy. Oh, was it Randy Weaver? I'm sorry. I think, no, I think it was the there's another guy. It's on the topic. Again, there's like seven different topics. He, like, so there wasn't so like there's just bad research on my part cuz there was a guy that was like in San Diego when this happened and like Again, there was like oh, you're talking about the the head of the covenant, the sword, and the arm of the Lord. Like it was another fringe, fucking Waco, like uh, white power, fucking religious group. That I'm trying to think of his name. Uh, there's like a famous picture of him, like dead, but like, um, I, I guess he actually wanted to blow up because there was because he tried to he had a plot to blow up the Oklahoma City bombing. Let, let me see. If or, I can he find had it. a plot to blow up that building too, like a couple of years earlier. So yeah, when he got arrested. He was in San Diego. He was in San Diego, and then they flew him over to um, to Oklahoma to like interrogate him, and he like died in police custody. Yeah, because he he got found out. He his his little religious cult, his little racist religious cult, was supposed to blow up that building as well, but he his, it got thwarted. That's yeah. why. But yeah, they probably suicided. <laughs> yeah, it was one of those things. I was like, oh, that's pretty interesting that this guy just died in custody. Well, that's what you get for being a <laughs> racist fucking cult leader. But oh, here I found his picture, but but I mean, it still t- shows you like the amount of. Uh, let me see. Let me blow up this picture really quick. But it still kind of shows you like the the United States will take matters into its own hands and like, like, I don't know. I mean, is this uh, is this again? Is this is this United States? Is this patriotism? Is this is this what we're supposed to be like? I, I mean, do two wrongs make a right? That's one of those he things. He should have just complied. Art. Yeah, I mean, blue lives matter. It, it is one of those things that, like, well, I mean, he oh, he was already in custody. Um, it's one of those things that, like, I don't know if two wrongs make a right. Like, I'm not saying I that I'm know. pro any of this, but I do think the execution in something like that, you have to be careful when when you go from being a hero to a monster and like. This is one of those things, and and America plays a thin line, very thin line, where it's like you're. Oh, they be some, jumping like hopscotch. Sometimes or. you're, a, sometimes you're a hero, and sometimes you're a monster, and like you have to be very careful. And and everyone, I guess, in society, like we're we're guilty of supporting something, and like or being part of something that's you have to be able to be your own individual human person, and not just be part of these groups that all in on this thing, because like. Well, the minute that that thing becomes corrupt and starts blowing up buildings, like you're still part of it. The minute, like, you know, anything, anything can be corrupted. Anything with a logo. I mean, it's just logos. You just slap a Christian church logo on it or a American flag logo on it or whatever you want to put on it, and you just you could corrupt it. I mean, do you know what's funny? Like uh, to put another bow on it. Um, doing research on all these things, I was like, I don't, I don't get the mindset of people. Like you said, the the difference between nationalism and patriotism or whatever. Like, I don't get the, the thing about, like, I'm going to fly an American flag, have a cross around my neck, but support racist and anti-American ideals, but pretend like I am the opposite of that. It, it always, like, was a dichotomy I never understood. And then I started researching, like, the origins of, like, all these trains of thought. And it all goes back to fucking um, the, um, the Confederacy. 
where there was a time in history at the turn of the century last last century where we stop they stopped being explicit with like their anti-union anti uh you know you know very racist ideas or whatever and they just switched the the name of what they were talking about like the war on drugs or whatever it was just more or less a war on blacks or whatever a war on non-whites yeah, or whatever. i was just talking to my sister about the war on marijuana and not like it's, racist it was yeah it was just racist and there's people like on tape like southern you know politicians saying like well we switched the name to make it more marketable and it's just like very much has its roots in the confederacy so when people are anti-government but fly that american flag in the back of their mind, they're really flying the fucking Confederate flag. They're not really flying, you know, what America really stands for. When they put up the cross, they're not really standing. It's not what actual the person Jesus Christ is. It's their own. Basically, that's Luciferian ideas. So it's just like a lot of like those Confederacy. It just got branded a different way. And like that's what they're rolling with. Yeah. I I, uh, I posted that thing. Um, uh, OAC had a comment about... Um, uh, basically stating that marijuana and like the marijuana ban is like, you know, has like this big racist background. That's true. And it really does. And my sister was like, why is it racist? Like if I got tested at work and I would get fired, like you have to follow these rules. And I'm like, I get that. Like I get that element and that way of thinking. But at the same time, it's like when you break these things down, like, like I, I've, I've talked about how like I'm kind of anti the NRA and like the NRA is basically like keeping guns. Let's, black let's make sure black, let's make sure guns are accessible, but it's not to black people, not to the criminals who are blacks, all these minorities. Like, like that's the part that I think that you need to like, yeah, they're not doing anything illegal, but the whole background of it is like very racist. Same thing with the marijuana law. The reason why we call it marijuana and not cannabis is because it's a racist thing that's what his mary me- jane that's what mexican people called it when they brought it over to to the united states even though like it was basically just crossing the road but that's that's what it's called in mexico is marijuana and it's like it should be called cannabis because that's what like the word is cannabis sativa yeah and it's just um you know it doesn't get called that here and it's like you once you start breaking it down and like where these origins come from it's just like people that don't want like minor like everything negative needs to be attached to minorities and everything like gun and white and christian needs to be attached to white people or whatever and that's why i would really recommend everybody that listens to this episode to go on netflix and watch uh all that it's called i believe it's called alt-right on netflix a documentary on that and you'll get a lot of these themes explained and it really change like your view on like if you have like some of these views and you're not a racist or whatever like you probably want to re-examine watching that documentary but with that said it's been an hour and almost 40 minutes we've been in this episode we will do probably about nine or ten episodes <laughs> that will that will reference this episode from uh ruby ridge waco covenant the sword the arm of the lord fucking probably other shit out of that uh but with that said guys if you like this episode and you want to hear other episodes just like this if not better guys go to the patreon where one dollar a month will get you a bonus episode every single week so that's 25 cents a week you'll get a bonus episode and usually nine times out of ten those episodes are more fire than the actual episodes we record and send out to the universe for free uh, so go to patreon.com slash art jacob do america find us on all the social medias at art jacob do america except for twitter we are at art jacob do a one uh go uh buy our merch uh go to tpublic.com search for art jacob do america where we have i believe it's four or five uh different designs up there that you can choose from you can add our fucking logo to a fucking coffee mug or a fucking computer case or a phone case whatever you want 
We got a, we got shit over there you can buy. Uh, go over there to T Public. We are members of the Podbelly Network. So just like Art alluded to earlier, if you like this podcast and you want to hear some more details or another perspective on uh, the whole Oklahoma City bombing, guys, you know, you can check out the Sofa King podcast. Um, you can check out uh, Hillbilly Horror Stories, Paranormal Punchers, as well as my homie Eddie, his podcast, the RRBG podcast. So go over there. Uh, but with that said, Art, happy 4th of July, my guy. Happy 4th of July. Yeah, so with that said, guys, Have a good night. Timothy McVeigh, the Oklahoma City bomber, was sentenced to death for setting off an explosion which killed 168 people and injured more than 600 others at the Murrah Federal Building. It was, up until then, the worst act of domestic terrorism in American history. We met him at the maximum security U.S. penitentiary in Terre Haute, Indiana, where he now sits on death row awaiting a date for his execution. Because of his appeal, one of the conditions his lawyer laid down was that we not ask him directly, are you the Oklahoma City bomber? Maybe one of the benefits of me talking to you today is that you'll see that maybe not everything is true that you've heard about me. For example, what's not true? Well, am I I pure evil? Am I the face of terror sitting here in front of you? Or am I able to talk to you man to man? Most people in this country think you are the face of evil, don't they? They do. But sitting down here now, and let me make clear, I'm not sitting here trying to influence you. And I'm not putting on a game face. Uh, I'm not conning anybody. I'm just being me. Timothy McVeigh was executed at Terre Haute on June 14th, 2001. Like this, then who gives a fuck about those? So just chill to the next episode.